You're listening to Pombo and Peter's Picks, the home of your favorite sports betting podcast, presented by The Daily Goat. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of Pombo and Peter's Picks. I'm Jason Pombo with Peter Alves. How are we doing today, Peter? Pretty ecstatic. Yesterday was a great day. Well, Tuesday was a great day for news. It was a great day for Jason. We'll get into that in a sec. Exactly, Peter. I think this show... All right, I'll give you, I'll paint the whole picture for you, right? So what we're talking about is Mac Jones is expected to be the Patriots starting quarterback. You heard that correctly. Mac Jones is the Patriots starting quarterback after Cam Newton was released Tuesday morning. So I'll, I'll paint you this picture how I found out. So Tuesday, uh, I'm on Twitter scrolling and I saw the Patriots released Miles Bryant, the defensive back. And know me, a dumb football nerd, I'm like, why would you cut Miles Bryant? Like he provides great depth in the secondary. He played well as a cornerback. So I was about to tweet like. Well, that's true. That aside, like Gilmore being out for like six, exactly. six weeks, you know, will be would, hard. Yeah. So I was like in the middle of tweeting like that. Justin, my brother of the Bo Sox Bombas comes running into me and he goes, did you hear the news? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pissed. Miles Bryant got cut. He's like, who? I'm like, Miles Bryant. He goes, no, Cam Newton got cut. And I was like, okay. And then he goes, check Twitter, check Twitter. I hop on Twitter. I stop my tweet. And I was like, oh my goodness, Bill Belichick did it. Cam Newton was officially released Tuesday morning. And words can't describe the emotion and the reactions I had. My first takeaway was like, I I was speechless. I was like, Bill Belichick, he did it. He fooled everybody. He fooled 99.5% of people. I'm the .05. All the same, honestly, because, like, I didn't think he was going to do it. He was taking first-team reps all the way to the end. Like, why exactly. waste those, you know? Like, to, Even when he example, came back from that COVID thing, he kept doing that first-team reps. I was like, exactly. all right, he's a starter. Or at least a backup, Newton. not even just mm-hmm. – yeah. So, Sunday, uh, the Patriots had their last preseason game against the New York Giants. And uh, I ran into Peter. Uh, Peter came over to my house uh, to watch something else. And um, Peter walks in. He's like, oh, Cam's going to be the starter, huh? And I'm like, starting that game versus the Giants. is in there with all the ones, the whole offensive line, the whole tight ends. And I'm just like, I'm just like, Peter, shut the hell up. But like moral of the story is like, I was feeling the same way. Cam Newton got uh, two series with the first team, uh, first team offensive line, first team skill position players, as you just alluded to. Mac Jones played. Uh, the second and third quarter, but it was with the second team. Mac Jones did not get any reps with the first team offensive line. I thought that was notable. I sincerely did because I thought there was an outside chance that Mac Jones would legitimately get an opportunity to win the starting job. But after the game, my initial thought was, uh, Belichick's going to name Cam Newton to be the starter uh, in his post-game press conference. So I watched on, t- on the Twitter live stream and he did not. He said, he said along the lines of we're still evaluating different positions and uh, we have a name to start uh, along those lines. And I was taken aback a little bit, but I didn't really read too much into it. I was more thinking, uh, Bill, just, just, just do it. Just name Cam the starter, get it over with so I can stop having my uh, hopeless thoughts that Mac was going to be the week one starter. And sure enough, Peter, 48 hours later, he pulls the court on Cam Newton pulls the rug on all the Cam Newton supporters, everyone that believed Cam Newton would get the opportunity for the first half of the year, 
And we're sitting here, Peter, less than two weeks away from week one. Mac Jones, you're starting freaking quarterback, baby. It's true. Tua versus Mac Jones, Alabama versus Alabama. Matt, if you're li- while you are listening, lay me down any marker. Mac Jones is going to whip Tua. I'm so excited, honestly, for all, all the games. And I-, I wish I could, like, take back my take on whenever we did the AFC East because I, I want to smash that over. But so I picked the under. So, Peter, before we get into the whole, like, why do we think Cam Newton got released, let's talk about the Patriots' expectations. As you just talked about, uh, you had them in the under. You were a big Patriots under guy. You said they'd win, what, nine games? Yeah, nine, eight games. Nine, eight games. So I had them closer to about 10. I had them going 10 and seven. With the elevation of Mac Jones being the starting quarterback, I do not think it's outrageous for them to win 11 or 12 games. Listen, I don't even think I, – I don't know if Mac Jones is, a.k.a., ready enough for, like – because I thought they are going to go, like, three and one. And then they saw Tom Brady with Cam Newton. But I don't even know if that's, like, a guarantee with Mac Jones, which I don't even care. As long as he shows something and that he can be a competent quarterback. But with all that being said, if you're Belichick, you have to go at least, like, 10-7 and and compete for a wild card spot and actually, like, win that wild card spot. Because I I think if you go another 8-9, and like, 7 and whatever the math is for stupid 17 games, yeah, 7-10, and I think that's a a massive underachievement. And I think you got to – evaluate uh, Bill Belichick, which is actually really sad, but I don't know. I don't think it's going to come down to that, Peter. I think Mac Jones is legit, as I've been harping for months. I think he can legitimately uh, win Rookie of the Year this year. I don't think that's that crazy offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think just watching his preseason tape, uh, watching him in the joint practices, uh, for me anyway, Mac Jones won the job on that Wednesday joint practice against the New York Giants when Cam Newton was out due to COVID protocol. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Mac Jones shredded the first-team Giants defense. Uh, he was 35 of 40 throwing the ball, including 18 straight completions against the first-team Giants defense, which many people call probably a top-10 unit in the NFL this year. So uh, you, look at, you look at Mac, right? Uh, sure, he doesn't wow you from his athleticism, his speed, his arm, but just the intangibles that he brings in other facets. Or even the uh, leadership, think, like yeah. when the offensive line like fought the defensive line of the Giants, he took a lot with the offensive line. He didn't have to. Yeah, and was a lot about him. And you could uh, so many different coaches and players have talked about Mac Jones's work ethic, how he's got such a great work ethic. Uh, he takes it all serious, and like Brian Hoyer was talking about it, John Smith, James White, uh, all all veterans, uh, not necessarily in the Patriots, but just veterans in the NFL, already understand what Mac Jones brings to the table. Just his poise in the pocket, his ability to diagnose pre-snap, post-snap reads. Uh, I think, first of all, he has the feet of a 10-year veteran. Uh, His quick release, his accuracy. I'm telling you, Peter, he is going to light the world on fire. And I could care less if people would say this is a homer this, homer that. No, Mac Jones was my guy going into Do you think we got to pump the brakes, though, that he's the second coming of Brady or the second coming of Christ? I'm not saying he's the second coming of Brady. I, I I never said that. Because there's a lot of fans that are on Twitter that are like, oh, my God, we're go- they're going to the Super Bowl. Or like, no, I, the I AFC do- like they got to like temper expectation a little bit. He's still a rookie at the end of the All day. All right, so, Peter, let's look at Justin Herbert's stats last year. Herbert, first son of the scene as a rookie last year. Uh, I know the Chargers went 6-9. and nine, But, all right, Herbert, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Can Mac Jones uh, meet that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I'll take that all day, too. Yep, completion percentage, 66.6%. Ugly number. That's not that bad. 
No, that that's no. what I'm talking about. The six six six. That's a great completion oh. percentage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, yards per game, two hundred eighty nine. Yeah, that's not bad. Quarterback rating, ninety eight point three. Yeah, that's right. We need to be as a rookie. Exactly. Is it that crazy for Mac Jones to put up those kind of numbers as a rookie? It is not. And but I think you need to put up W's. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, Herbert. So look, Herbert went six and nine under Anthony Lynn. And I think that Chargers team uh, that had a poorly constructed offensive line, a poorly constructed defense, this Patriots team is going to be a top 10 defensive unit, uh, the best coach in football and Bill Belichick, have a top 10 offensive line. Look, they're setting up the kid for success. It's as simple as that. Out of all the quarterbacks entering uh, the NFL this year, Mac Jones is in the best situation, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, probably. Now, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you could argue Trey Lance, but I'll still put Mac no, Jones. No, because Trey Lance isn't going to start, though. And I think there's some concerns about. And then Justin uh, Fields. I love Justin Fields, but I don't think he's yeah. in a great situation. Trevor Lawrence has having an O-line. Yep. And Justin Wilson's with the uh, Justin Wilson. Zach Wilson's with Jets. So, yeah, I mean, that's a new program and stuff like that. So, Cam Newton was released outright. I don't think any of us saw it coming. I thought if Mac Jones would be the starter that Cam Newton would be the backup, but the more uh, you see it unfold, it makes a lot of sense. You don't want two alphas in the room together. You don't want Cam Newton over Mac Jones' shoulder the entire season. Uh, Cam Newton, he's got a big ego, uh, former MVP of the league, went to the Super Bowl. Uh, if you want to fully embrace Mac Jones as your quarterback, you need to let Cam Newton go, and that's what Bill Belichick and the Patriots did. Do you think they gave Cam Newton the choice, though, of being the backup or you can just leave? And then Cam Newton's just like, all right, I'll leave. No, because of just the reasons I just uh, detailed. I don't believe so. I don't think it makes too much sense from that magnitude. Cam Newton and Mac Jones are different players. Uh, they have different skill sets. It's arguably a different conceptual offense. Uh, one's a little bit more uh, that spread offense that we're used to, a.k.a. like the Tom Brady offense. And one's a more uh, slow, methodical, ground-and-pound pistol formation with Cam Newton. Uh, they're not similar players. and. I don't think Cam Newton would want to do that anyway. I think I, – I just certainly don't believe that's in his cards. And I think it caught Cam Newton off guard. Uh, do you see his Instagram picture on Sunday? It's not yeah, he's a dink. Point, being quarterback one, and he wasn't even announced that. Yeah, I agree. And that's something you probably should uh, sway away from social media for. And it's, it's a unique circumstance for Cam Newton uh, because I think most people in the NFL believe that this was his job. Uh, it felt like locally most people were, were down on Cam Newton, rightfully so. Uh, but it felt like the national media still believed that Cam Newton still had something left. I wasn't one of those people. I felt like Cam Newton's career uh, was certainly in the back nine, to say the least. I didn't think Cam Newton had much left. But here we are now, September 2nd, Peter. And Mac Jones is in. Cam Newton is out. Uh, do you believe Cam Newton's uh, COVID app, so COVID protocol absence, had anything to do with um, his release? Maybe a little bit, because I thought that, like, that's why he, they didn't want them him to be the backup, because, like, as a backup, you got to be reliable and, like, not not to play politics, but, like, if you don't have your COVID vaccine, like, you'll be out in 10 days or whatever it is. Yes. So, like, you can't be dependable. You can't – if Mac Jones gets hurt or, like, says, like, I can't go, like, Cam Newton could be, like, oh, sorry, I have COVID protocols. I can't. Exactly. You know? And that's yeah. why I think Brian Hoyer is still on this team. 
Yeah, I don't necessarily believe that was like the driving factor. Oh, I don't either. But yeah, like, like, there's a lot of people that are saying that. Yeah, I, I'm not in that camp. I think Mac Jones beat him. I mean, we saw it, Peter, in the preseason. Uh, Mac Jones outperformed him in the preseason. He outperformed him in training camp practices, and he outperformed him in joint practices. I look up and down the line. Just because Cam Newton was the first quarterback to go through individual um, quarterback drills and team drills, uh, sure that was significant. But at the end of the day, Mac Jones performed better. I, it's that simple, Peter. Like we watched the preseason unfold, we watched it all unfold, and Mac Jones was the better quarterback. Now there's certainly some question marks about Cam Newton. Uh, the COVID vaccine, it's certainly a concern, but it was not the driving factor, in my opinion. I think it was more that Mac Jones was ready and they were ready to give him the keys to the car. That's my opinion on it. Now, you talked about Brian Hoyer, right? Uh, Hoyer was initially released. Um, he was not, according to uh, reports, he was not part of the 53, uh, the initial 53-man roster. Uh, but reports uh, surfaced yesterday that he has been brought back onto the practice squad, but in my opinion, he's going to be elevated to the active 53-man roster uh, once the Patriots put a player on injured reserve, whether it's Nikhil Harry uh, or somebody along the lines. Uh, hey, listen, this is all full circle to my uh, – he's a, the quarterback's coach. He can be a yeah. quarterback's coach on the practice squad. Hoyer is around, and I think he is a valuable resource uh, for Mac Jones. Uh, he knows the system better than anybody. Uh, and there's rumors circulating the Patriots have their uh, – I sniffing around another uh, potential practice squad quarterback. Nobody knows who it is. Oh, it's uh, true. They need another quarterback. You yeah. don't want to sit in for like seven weeks at least. And yeah, I, I don't like going in the year with Mac Jones and then Brian Hoyer. So. Yeah, I think you bring someone else in. Uh, and I think when Stidham's ready to go in week seven or whatever it is, that's your guy. I guess reports, uh, rumors kind of been circulating that the Patriots have the arrow back up on Stidham. Uh, like I think they trust him a little bit more than last year. Now we'll see if that it's actually true, but I felt like if they were totally done on Stidham, he wouldn't be on this team. That, that's just my takeaway. It's very true. He's had chance after chance after chance. Don't go yeah, to that wedding yeah. like three years ago. Is it, but like, don't you think that if they didn't want anything to do with him, they would have just cut his ass? Yeah. So that that's my initial takeaway on it. Stidham will probably be the back quarterback by year's end. Is is my what's his contract up? Like uh, this at the year, end right? of next year, I think. Oh damn. Or ooh, I think right? it's end of he's, next year. He's been around for a while. I think it's end of next year. So if Stidham's the backup, uh, I, it is what it is. And Hoyer, I think he's a valuable part of that operation in terms of the, uh, the brains, in terms of understanding and diagnosing the Patriots playbook uh, and getting Mac Jones more accustomed. You know, I think that's so important to where the Patriots are at right now is getting him accustomed to the playbook, uh, getting him through a full two weeks before the week one opener against the Dolphins. Uh, I think that's all important. And this whole Mac Jones saga has come full circle. And I'm happy to sit here September 2nd. And I feel uh, that Mac Jones earned this job. Right. It's crazy. This yeah, job. It's true. It's crazy to look at the AFC East too, because Dolphins is a second year quarterback. Jets, first year quarterback. Pats, first year quarterback. And Josh Allen on the 25. Yep. Loaded with young talent. Yep, well, except, except two of them. But no, it's great, great star power for the NFL, I think. I think they're in good hands when I everybody so else too. leaves. I think, uh, I think Mac Jones is going to be as, uh, as advertised. I think he's going to be accurate, uh, decisive, uh, precise with his pre- and post-snap reads. Uh, one thing that probably will happen is rookie quarterbacks tend to uh, oh, yeah. get, get ready more for, often. Yeah. You know what and I mean? Get ready for interceptions that you're like, 
damn, why did he throw that? Yeah. Just... That's just part of the process. Yeah. That's it. But putting him in the best part of success uh, is something they're going to try to do. But Mac Jones is going to come here and be perfect. He's going to make mistakes. And that's just going to be part of the process with him. But as season, as the season progresses, as he gets more accustomed to the NFL, uh, the speed, the style, uh, getting ready for game plans each and every week, he'll get better and better. Uh, I know we're, we sound like a Mac Jones fanboys here, but just put on the tape and watch him. I, I, he's just so impressive to me. I, yeah, Jay, watch that two-hour video you watch every night. <sighs> uh, exposed. exposed. So there's a two-hour video on YouTube. It is a loop of every completion and incompletion of Mac Jones's college career. And I've uh, watched that a couple of different – we'll say three different times, maybe four. And just kind of watching it, seeing what he does well, uh, and what he did well in college, what he didn't do well in college. And Peter, you watch that tape and then you watch his preseason tape. And it's, it's very similar. The, the feet, the the ability to step up in the pocket. Uh, it's, it's all there. It's all there with Jones. And I think it's only going to get better from here, but I guess we'll put a pin on the Mac Jones conversation. I hope you got your uh, Jersey. They're all sold out everywhere. I have I one. did not. The only one that has one. Yep. Peter got the Mac Jones uh, Road Patriots jersey. I have not purchased one yet. Uh, my purchase will be coming soon. Don't worry. But, Peter, I know you mentioned Tua and the Dolphins, right? I know we're big fans of Tua on the show. Oh, huge, huge. Huge. So, reports uh, have surfaced that uh, Tua could be on his way out of Miami, believe it or not. Who, the, who would have guessed that? But uh, reports surfaced that Deshaun Watson – uh, reportedly um, could be on his way to Miami. Charles Robinson, of, who's a senior NFL reporter for Yahoo, uh, released a report over the weekend that suggested that uh, Deshaun Watson could be going to either the Miami Dolphins or the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the exact tweet, uh, I'll give you the tweet thread from uh, Charles Robinson. Uh, sources tell Yahoo Sports that the Dolphins have emerged as the front runner in trade discussions with the Texans for quarterback Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Uh, the Texans are seeking three first-round picks and two second-round picks in negotiations, according to a team that dropped out of trade talks. Sources said the Panthers, Broncos, and Eagles were also in some sort of element of trade consideration. But uh, sources said the Panthers, Broncos, and Eagles were all in some element of trade consideration, but Watson's contractual right to approve the trade destination which was signed off by houston ownership in his last extension has weighed heavily in trade opportunities uh he followed up with that tweet saying sources said uh teams have angled for pick protections in any trade uh to mitigate a potential nfl suspension or criminal prosecution tied to an ongoing f uh investigations by the fbi uh into his sexual assault allegations from multiple women uh, so you look at that from my perspective here is uh, I think those teams are interested in Deshaun Watson, but I still can't see a deal getting done before uh, week one. That is can't a ton it. of picks too. three first round picks and two second round picks. If you're the Dolphins, that makes no sense. So you just drafted to a, the first round, even if I rag on Tua like all day, like I, that makes no sense for Dolphins fans or Dolphins organization at all. For a guy like Deshaun Watson with the uncertainty that lies there, you're going to risk everything for a guy that who knows, you know, I mean, nobody has any idea. I think we all, 
expect him to get put on the NFL exempt list, but that hasn't happened yet. So we're all in a waiting pattern to see what happens. He hasn't been suspended, but listen, he'll get suspended tomorrow. And then, I mean, he'll get traded tomorrow and they get suspended the next day. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a scenario where I wouldn't touch Deshaun Watson with the 10 foot pole and those allegations. You need to wait to see how it unfolds and then go from there. Example, like, and I think this is going to hurt Tua's confidence for sure. I know Brian Flores has had a couple comments the last few days saying Tua is his guy and this and that. But how do you think Tua feels? Like all jokes, all jokes aside, like how do you think he feels that his name is constantly being circulated in trade rumors? And he's probably like, these guys don't believe in me. Like, right. How do you think that makes him feel as a young second-year quarterback? It just destroys his confidence. It's already been benched like three times. Yeah, and the last year you got benched week 16, 17, and – you know, like, I, I don't understand if you're the Dolphins, like, sniffing around for anybody. But Deshaun Watson. You just got to ride or die with Tua anyway. You got to give him way more time than that. Two years? Wa- yeah. Not Watson's, even. Watson's the top five quarterback in the game. Uh, it's that oh, simple. Yeah. Like, I understand the thought process of being interested in him. If he goes to the Dolphins and plays 17 games, they will win the division. Oh, yeah, that, I think won't, we, that won't happen. If Watson's cleared next year, who knows? There's just so many things left to drop with that, uh, that situation. And I just... If you're the Dolphins, you just can't make that move right now. You simply can't. Two weeks before the opening game here, like that would – how do you think the locker room would feel? How do you think the PR hit that would be to the Miami Dolphins? Right. Uh, just like you need, If I'm the Dolphins, if Watson gets cleared of his charges or let's say he gets suspended for 10 games uh, and you want to take a crack at him in 2022, absolutely, you go for it. But this year, it doesn't make sense from a trade perspective – from the perspective of a locker room, it just doesn't make sense to me for the timing now. And you look at the other teams that are involved in that rumor. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, clearly not sold on Jalen Hurts. That's obvious. The Panthers, uh, Sam Darnold just got there. Who knows? And the Denver Broncos, they have Bridgewater and Locke. So of those teams, uh, they all, well, some of them have young quarterbacks that they just so, don't seem to believe in. Yeah, well, I mean, the Broncos make sense because, no pun intended, they're, they both are bridge quarterbacks. So. Yeah, so I, I understand that from the Broncos' perspective. And the Carolina Panthers have been wanting to make a splash. I think uh, ownership has made that clear down in Carolina. And I think Matt Rule is really uh, in on Deshaun Watson. Uh, in Philadelphia, I think they've been stocking up picks to make a run at him or Aaron Rodgers next year. Which doesn't like, make sense because they that. just drafted Jalen Hurts. Does not make Wait, sense either. We, we broke down the NFC East last week and we were uh, uh baffled by what the philadelphia eagles are doing uh it, it's just we'll talk about the eagles shortly but uh when you look at the deshaun watson situation overall i think he's uh starts the year as a member of the texans doesn't play uh, and he concludes the season as a member of the texans it's free That's 10 million guess. bucks for watson because he's not gonna play any games i don't think yeah I, i'm with you I, I there's no way they're gonna let him on the field and i think there's no way he wants to be on the field so i think that's that's just how it goes. And if you're the Dolphins, he's getting visibly the- upset though. I saw a video circling on yeah on Twitter like a few days ago, and then there was a reporter obviously filming him like coming in and practice or coming out of practice, and he's like, "What the hell do you guys want?" It's literally the same crap every single day. Just yeah, like leave me alone. Yeah, you're right. And look, Deshaun, they they all we're all wondering the same thing here. Is the off season's all been about Deshaun? It started off. Look, you want to go back a year ago where he signed that long-term extension and he literally inserted into the trade clause that he gets, you know what I mean? They can't just trade him anywhere. Right, he gets and, final say. 
he gets final say and just literally a year later uh he wants out and of course then the allegations followed it's just if i'm deshaun watson i don't really you don't have a choice you just have to sit there and see what happens and if i'm him i just wait it out you know any final thoughts on deshaun watson just don't get traded don't do anything stupid yeah I think he's going to be a member of the Texans at the end of this year. We'll see, though. Peter, let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, we just talked about them quickly. Jalen Hurts was officially named the starter uh, by head coach uh, Nick Seriani. About time. Uh, There's nobody in that room. Joe Flacco? No. And uh, we have a new face in the Eagles quarterback room. Uh, Gardner Minshew uh, was dealt for a 2022 sixth-round pick. Uh, He's going to be the third stringer down in Philadelphia. Uh, So what are you – were you surprised that they – Brought in Minshew? I was, honestly, because I thought Minshew was going to stay in the Jags, but his $850 million, $850,000 contract was really good. I mean, he, he was a good co- a quarterback with two years at the Jags and neither of them. He was confident. I wanted him on the Pats. If he was a, out in the open market, like, why didn't they sniff around for that? Yeah, me too. And you know what? If they know they're going to cut Cam Newton, that would have been fine too. Right. And, it, and uh, that would have made a lot of sense. Quarterback. And again, you only pay whatever it is, 850 grand, and it's a 2022 sixth round pick. And look, uh, Gardner Minshew, he doesn't light the world on fire. I'm not saying he's this franchise quarterback or even a starter for that matter, but uh, com- let's compare Gardner Minshew and Cam Newton over the last two seasons. Cam Newton, 7 and 10 record, uh, 20 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 63.9 completion percentage, and an 80.6 quarterback rating. Gardner Minshew, 7 and 13 record, 37 total touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 62.9 completion percentage, and a 93.1 quarterback rating. So over the last two seasons, who has been a better quarterback? The answer is Gardner Minshew. And, like, look at that beard and, like, mustache. I mean, look at that beard and hair. Like, exactly. Minshew mania is heading to Philadelphia. I think he would have been a perfect fit in a situation like Dallas to back up Dak Prescott. Uh, I think he would have been a fit in a number of different areas, to be honest with you. Uh, if the Colts weren't in that division, I thought he would have been a good fit there. Uh, I think he would have made a lot of sense, and I think the league undervalued him because I think he would have been a perfect backup for a lot of teams. Like, I don't know why he didn't just stay with the Jags. Well, I, I exactly. Unless you don't want yeah. somebody breathing down Trevor Lawrence's neck, but I don't think he'll do that. But you give him away for that price? I, I think the Jaguars, they screwed that up again. I think they should have probably dealt him earlier in the offseason, and they probably would have got a fourth-round pick. Instead, teams are very hesitant to bring in a, a backup quarterback or a quarterback that, that's going to compete two weeks before uh, the season begins. Cause you know what I mean? The playbook's already been installed for months and it's not to mention all the COVID protocols bringing in an, an outsider from another organization. Uh, that's just a couple of hoops to jump through. Like you could have went to the Falcons and McCarron went on. Exactly. Like there was a number of different things that he could have went to and, I don't know. I, I think I don't think he's going to get a fair shake in Philadelphia because I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, but I don't think he was going to play in the Jags, so I don't think this situation's any different. No, yeah, that's true. But I thought he had an outside uh, chance of playing for another organization. Oh yeah, yeah, come to fruition. yeah. All right, Peter, want to break down the NFC North? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Peter, let's start off with the Green Bay Packers. So the Green Bay Packers, uh, according to DraftKings, their win total is set at 10 wins. Uh, Look, their offseason was as wild as anyone, and it was pretty much uh, due to Aaron Rodgers' uncertainty. Uh, Rodgers reportedly was unhappy in Green Green Bay. Many thought he was 
looking for a trade. Many thought he would retire, but once the dust settled, uh, Rodgers ended up restructuring his deal in Green Bay and will be a member of the Green Bay Packers in 2021. Any further than that is probably unlikely at this part of uh, his career. But uh, other than the Aaron Rodgers fiasco, uh, they've re-signed Aaron Jones to a four-year deal worth $48 million. Firsthand, that's a lot of money to me, uh, not to mention after they drafted Aaron Dillon uh, early on in the draft in 2020. Uh, they brought back Randall Cobb in a trade. Uh, they also brought in tight end uh, Mercedes Lewis, re-signing him a two-year deal worth $8 million. Uh, they also re-signed cornerback Kevin King to a one-year deal worth $6 million. Uh, in terms of the draft, uh, the Packers, uh, Peter, do you think they drafted a receiver? The first absolutely, round? absolutely not. Absolutely not. With the 29th pick of the draft, they brought in a cornerback from Georgia, Eric Stokes. So, Peter, I know uh, Aaron Rodgers, which we talked about at length, uh, was the story of the Packers offseason. Uh, what do you make of this Packers team? So he's MVP last year. I think he's going to have a not a steep drop off, but I think he's going to have a decent drop off, kind of like how Josh Allen's going to have this year. Their schedule is really, really hard. Like they have the 49ers, they have the steel, they face NFC North and then they have the NFC East. I mean, NFC West. So I think that I think they're going to go 10 wins is their max. So I, I'm going to go a slight under. I, I don't trust like Rodgers will will them for games, obviously, but I don't trust their defense. And their O line is going to be uh, shaky to start because back to is on the pup list yeah. from his torn ACL last year. I think you hit the nail on the head, Peter. I, I'm going to take the push here. I think they win 10 games on the dot. Uh, when you look at this Packers team, uh, Aaron Rodgers, we all know how talented he is. We all know he is top three, top five quarterback in the game. But how checked in is he? How willing is he going to be uh, after coming off that MVP season last year uh, and that awful finish where Matt LaFleur cost them a chance of going to the Super Bowl? Uh, but don't get me wrong, Rodgers deserves some responsibility and some fault in that loss. But where is Rodgers' head at? How serious is he going to take the year? Uh, I'm not convinced that he's all in. I'm really not. And I think he's looking at greener pastures, whether that's Denver in 2022, uh, the New York Giants in 2022, wherever it may be. I think he's checked out in some capacity. I really do. He's been very blatant and honest in his media portions uh, this season. Uh, remember to begin the uh, training camp, he went off on that like 25-minute rant about like, yeah, he's like, I want Clay Matthews. I want J J Janet Jones or whatever his name is. Yeah. I want this guy. I want this guy. Or they how about did. the – yeah. How about the comment where he's just like, people don't come to Green Bay to play for the Packers. They come to play with me. It's true. Like, it's kind of like the Tom uh, that's Brady true, argument. But you don't say that. And a guy like Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, uh, the NFL greats, Joe Montana, Elway, they would never say that. Uh, that's just putting eye over team in a team sport like – Football in the NFL, that does not go over well with coaches and players. And that is why Aaron Rodgers is not somebody uh, teammates gravitate towards. Hey, they Simple feed into that. it, though, because Devontae's like, listen, if Rodgers isn't there, I'm not there. So. That's fair. Like, he certainly has some supporters at the twilight of his career. But how about guys like Greg Jennings, uh, Donald Driver? They were very critical of Jennings uh, post their career. You know, and I think that's a concern for Rodgers in 2021. And not to mention that brutal schedule they have. And not to mention, how is Matt LaFleur going to respond after that loss in the NFC Championship game where they had the game in the, in the bag? I shouldn't say in the bag, but they lost it from their own stupidity. Better way to describe it. Yeah, don't go for that field goal. Or Aaron Rodgers, uh, let's uh, take the ball in the end zone when you have 10, years, 10, 10 yards to run. You know what I mean? 
But Peter, uh, 10 wins is uh, my pick for the Packers. All right, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. So the Vikings, uh, their offseason was uh, unique. Uh, it wasn't splashy to say anything, uh, but according to DraftKings, uh, they are set at eight and a half wins. Uh, so Mike Zimmer's back uh, for another season with the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings, they were uh, relatively quiet. Uh, they signed defensive tackle Delvin Tomlinson, Delvin Tomlinson to a two-year deal. Uh, worth $22 million. Uh, they signed cornerback Patrick Peterson to a one-year deal worth $10 million. Uh, they brought in uh, other small pieces. Uh, they brought in offensive line Mason Cole, acquiring him from a trade with the Arizona Cardinals. In terms of the NFL draft, I thought they were a piece that would – I thought they were an option to take a quarterback early on. Uh, they ended up not going with the quarterback. Uh, they ended up – uh, trading down, uh, they were slated to pick 14th overall, but they made a deal with the Jets. And the Vikings ultimately uh, went with offensive tackle Christian uh, Darisaw from the Virginia Tech. And they drafted a uh, quarterback, Kellen Mond, in the mid-rounds. Uh, so their offseason, uh, Kirk Cousins, Hanna, has been a catalyst. He has not received the COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, he's been pretty open about it. So a lot of people in Minnesota are very wary of his availability going forward. Uh, what's your takeaway on the Vikings? So the Vikings, I, I like that. I like them this year. I think it's going to go over. I think they're going to win 10 games. I still like their defense. I still like their O-line. Dalvin Cook's obviously a monster. And then Jefferson and Thielen on the outside. But as you said, COVID uh, as a real concern on this team. They're, I think they're last in the NFL COVID rate, uh, vaccination rate. So assuming that COVID doesn't play an issue this year for the Vikings, I think they're going to win 10 games, but you can never know. But I'll pick the over for now. I'm going to take the under, I think the exact opposite. I think there's a lot of controversy and a lot of concerns about this team. Uh, other than the cousin situation, which probably has uh, some people in Minnesota feeling uneasy. I don't like that secondary. I know they brought in Pat Peterson, uh, but twilight of his career, not sure how effective he'll be at this point. The offensive line, I still have major concerns about. I really do. Adam Thielen's kind of banged up already. Uh, we'll see how Dalvin Cook's going to be this year. Uh, I have concerns about this team. I think they win seven games, and I think this is finally going to be the year uh, that Mike Zimmer is uh, removed at the end of the season. Well, wasn't he like contemplate retirement for a while? Yeah, that's what I said removed. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of things with Mike Zimmer. Uh, he was a defensive specialist is what people called him, but uh, he has not really lived up to much the last couple of years. The Vikings have underachieved after giving uh, Kirk Cousins that massive contract. Couple, remember that a couple of years ago? Yep. That massive contract in free agency. Everyone thought the Vikings were ready and loaded. Uh, you know what I mean? But that did not. And it just hasn't really been. He is what he know? is. He's just a middler. Which is fine and all, but when you pay him to be that guy, that's why I thought they were a player to draft a quarterback in the first round this past year. But they stuck with Cousins. If Cousins struggles this year, who knows where Cousins' uh, future will lead in Minnesota. But uh, since he's been in Minnesota, right, Peter, you want to take a guess at what his record is? Uh, even 500, whatever Plus, it is, 25, 21, and one. Oh, that's pretty good. See, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what his MO is, even in Washington. But first year, eight, seven, and one, second year, 10 and five, and this past year, seven and nine. It was close to a middle or more than anything else. He's somebody you, he's a good quarterback, uh, probably above average, but when it comes to uh, close games and big games, Cousins yeah, I can't ever win in prime time. That's his not the guy stick. you want under center. Yep. All right, Peter, let's go to Chicago Bears. Uh, the according to DraftKings, the Bears uh, win total set at seven and a half wins. Bears, uh, they were uh, 
again, their offseason, Justin Fields. Uh, they traded up uh, for Justin Fields. Uh, they trade up and draft him 11th overall. Fields has looked uh, pretty good uh, this preseason, uh, making some plays with his feet, making some plays on the run. Uh, in terms of other things, they retained Matt Nagy, in, uh, which was a surprise to me. I thought Nagy was gone for sure. I don't know about you. Uh, they also brought in some uh, help defensively along with some help offensively. Let's start off with the offensive side of things. Uh, they brought in Andy Dolan. They gave him a one-year deal worth $10 million. Uh, with the incentives, that brings him up to $13 million. Uh, they also uh, put the franchise tag on Allen Robinson, so he's still there. Uh, after a lot of people thought he was gone, uh, he is still going to be there. On the defensive side of things, they signed uh, defensive end Mario Edwards Jr., three-year deal worth about $12 million. Uh, they brought in linebacker Alec Ogletree, uh, Originally, they brought in cornerback Desmond Trufant, but he was released uh, earlier in the week, which was a surprise to many. Uh, so you look at this Bears team. Andy Dalton's going to start week one. What do you like of this Bears team? Uh, other than Allen Robinson and Justin Fields, whenever he comes out, I don't, I don't like a lot. But shout out to uh, Mr. Bisky because uh, Nick's doing another uh, wild card game, so they're going to have an NIT, so that he can be <laughs> the Nick valuable player. But I just don't know when Justin Fields is going to start because they're going to get blown out by the Rams week one. And then they face the Bengals week two. I don't think they want to sit Andy Dalton for that because it's going to be a revenge game. And then it's going to be the Browns week three. And then Dalton's probably going to get destroyed over there. So he's going to be into the Wolves in week four versus the Lions. And then if Fields is, what, like one and two, it's their uh, schedule is kind of backloaded. Like they have the Packers later in the year. They have Vikings, Seahawks, like Cardinals, like Ravens, like. I, I don't think it's a good year for the Bears, so I picked their under. And I'm coming around on Matt Nagy. I think he's going to get fired by the end of the year, I'm regardless with, how Justin yeah. Fields plays, unless he shocks Nagy. everybody. That's why I thought that when you're him, right, and you're in a situation where you're literally on your last leg standing, I thought you would have to take a risk and start Justin Fields because if you do that, and let's say the Bears finish with six wins, but Justin Fields looks like he's legit, like Justin Herbert this past year, Naki's job might be saved. But ultimately, I like the under here. I think they win six games. The offensive line is awful. Oh, yeah. It's that simple. Andy Dalton, I think, is going to have a rough go of it. Uh, I think you should have some concern about the offensive personnel on that team. Uh, Allen Robinson, how happy is he to be there? Probably not very happy. Uh, David Montgomery, how's he going to look this year? I know a lot of people are really think he's going to come around this year. We'll see. Uh, Cole Komet at tight end, I like him, but again, We'll see. And I don't like Matt Nagy. I just don't. And I thought he should have lost his job at the end of last year. I think it's foolish to bring him back this year. So, which makes me believe that he's just a placeholder for this year. And the Bears have their eyes on a bigger fish next year. Now, I don't know who that could be. But that's just my overall takeaway on the Bears. When do you think Fields is going to start? Because I thought it was going to be after week one, but I didn't know they're facing the Bengals week two. So, that doesn't make a little Probably around week 10 or 11. 10 or 11? So, they're going to be like three and seven? Damn. Yeah, I, I, something like that. That offensive line is going to be really bad, man. I, I, don't want, I don't think they want Justin Fields to get killed. He already has dealt with some injuries in camp. Dealt with a groin injury, and I think it was also a shoulder injury. So I think keeping Fields healthy and upright is important, and I don't think the Bears' offensive line can do that. So then he's going to get fired for sure. Absolutely. All right, Peter, let's start off with the famous uh, Detroit Lions. Shout out Noah Byrne, Rough in the Basket. Hell of a podcast, baby. We're big fans over here, you know. You keep going. Go Joe Mixon. I don't like that Joe Mixon slander. Uh, oh, you ended up listening to Rough in the Basket? Oh, yeah. 
loyal listener. I don't like what you did to my jo- uh, boy Joel Mixon. He will prove everybody wrong. This year. So for those of you who don't know, Noah uh, on Rough in the Basket, he, he rashed uh, the Joe Mixon pick that Peter made in our fantasy league. So we'll see if uh, Joe Mixon ends up being something. But you have Carr on your, Carr on your side. He's a Joe Mixon guy. It's true. All right, so Gordon's DraftKings, the Lions are set at four, a whopping four and a half wins. The Lions offseason, right? Uh, uh, yak. I think that's a big yak. But, Peter, uh, let's see what they did in the draft anyway because I think that's something they could at least uh, hang their hat on, I guess, for the future if, if you want to say that. Uh, I like what they did in the first round. They traded down and they brought in a Penny Sewell, uh, offensive tackle from Oregon. I like that pick. You need to build an offensive line to eventually keep the young quarterback healthy, whoever that is. Uh, right now it's Jared Goff because Matthew Stafford was dealt to the Rams for Jared Goff and a slew of picks. So Jared Goff will be under center to start the year. Uh, they brought in running back Jamal Williams. They gave him a two-year deal worth $7.5 million. Uh, and they brought in they brought in Tyrell Williams, who's going to be the number one receiver. They gave him a four-year deal worth $4.7 million. Uh, they also re-signed defensive end uh, Romeo Aqua. A uh, three-year deal worth close to $40 million. They also made a deal for defensive tackle, Michael Brockers from the Rams. Uh, and they made a slew of other, uh, I would say, low-end deals. So you look at this Lions team, and I think most people would say they have the worst roster in the NFL, if not second worst. What do you think of this Lions team? Yeah, I agree. They have the second worst roster behind the Texans, if you take out Deshaun Watson. But I think they're going to go hard under. I think they're going to win three, two, even two games. I, I just don't trust Jared Goff because he has no weapons. You have Terrell Pryor. Like, he hasn't been in the league forever. Obviously, you have TJ Hawkinson. Everybody likes him. But DeAndre Swift don't even play for week one because of his groin injury, which is concerning. And then their defense is pretty bad. So I think they're going to compete for the number one pick. And then they're going to draft that quarterback, whatever his name is. Spencer Radler yep. from Oklahoma. Yep. Could be. Uh, I think Goff isn't going to be as bad as people think this year, but I think the Lions win four games. I just, I just don't think overall. he has any weapons. I don't even think it's going to yeah. be his fault either. I, I like the under as well. I think that's pretty clear that the Lions are rebuilding with Dan Campbell. Who knows if he's going to evolve to anything, because right now I probably lean to no. Uh, I think his stint in Miami showed a lot. But you got to uh, give him a chance, though. You can't fire him after year one. Oh, no. he's Big advocate to no. not do that. They gave him a six-year contract in, in NFL terms like that. But regardless is, who it is, I, I don't like teams doing that. Yeah, but no, can't, the Lions could go one and sixteen next year, and Dan Campbell will be there in twenty twenty-two. I guarantee it. Uh, they know Dan Campbell knows, and the Lions GM and Lions ownership knows that they're a rebuilding roster, and they're rebuilding it from the ground up, and it's going to take them a couple of years, not just next year. Like they're, uh, I think if anything, they can get a silver lining if they can get a receiver that really pops or if Penn I Sewell uh, could, looks like he is a stable part of that offensive line, or if they show some uh, grit defensively. Other than that, there's not really much to hang your hat on for the Lions. Sorry, Noah. Shout out, Noah. Shout out. Anything else for the NFC North? It's going to be a really weird division. I think. I mean, look at me. I, I had push and then three unders. I'm not high on it. All right, Peter, want to talk some baseball? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, Peter, let's talk about the Mets situation, right? Uh, big talk with big Nate's, Nate Olshan. He's a big Mets guy, Mets fan, uh, has been. So the Mets, I feel like he can't catch a break. And I think another uh, thing struck gold this week, this weekend for him. Uh, so the Mets, they've struggled the last month. We'll call it a month. 
Uh, they fell out of first place and uh, probably fell out of contention for the division. And right now we're contending for a wild card spot. So newly acquired uh, Javi Baez, right? Oh, they acquired him at the trade deadline. Uh, he hit a home run and um, walking off the field, uh, he was had thumbs down towards the fans. Uh, and he later revealed in his media availability that, look, the Mets want to boo me. I'm going to boo them. And he kind of said he was gashing on the fans. And Francisco Lindor said a similar thing. And um, it really took Sandy Alderson, uh, team president, to release a statement saying this is something that they don't want um, the Mets players to do. And it became a big story. So, Peter, in a big picture perspective, what do you think of players booing you are so soft if you boo the fans. Like, look at Stanton. He gets booed every single day, and he hangs his hat, and he's just like, whatever. No, exactly. I, th- I think you're ill-willed. I think you're soft. I think you have no heart. Like, they're just fans. Like, that's what you're paid to do, you know? That's that's why you bring a ticket. Bryce Harper said the same thing. You know what I mean? But yeah, he yeah. got booed for a bunch of years in the Phillies, too. Like From a fan's perspective, and not to mention it, we're not talking about the first-place New York Mets that have the best record in baseball. Yeah, the two They've games out of 500. Sliding. Yeah, exactly. The two games, exactly. They're sliding in the NFC East. They're sliding in the wild card. They deserve to be booed. It's as simple as that. And Nate, who, as I know, will defend the mates with the will defend the Mets with everything he has, and he won't defend uh, the players in this particular circumstance. No, you shouldn't. Like I always say, like Stan gets booed every single time he strikes. Part out. of the game, everyone gets booed. Every, if you ask any, I'm sure Michael Jordan's been booed. Yeah, everybody. Everyone's been booed. Been booed. Like, I've been at Patriot games where Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been booed at halftime. Yeah. In half part of the game. Know? It's, it's part of the game. It's part of the fan experience. You play like crap, you get booed. And it's not like the Mets. Again, the Mets are not this juggernaut that are on pace to win 110 games. They're barely a 500 ball club. In the Javi Baez, look, I'm a big Javi Baez guy. And you know what? I lost a little bit of respect for Bias. I really did. And he's probably going to walk in free agency and I could care less. Yeah. Go back to the Cubs. But I yeah. can't even say like where Loser. the Cubs don't even like care about him because that's a big market. Loser. I guess the Midwest, the Midwest mentality. Who knows? Sorry, you play in New York. Get with it. WFAN will be on your ass. It's in New sure. York Post, New York Times. Get with it. Sorry. That's how you play. Steve Cohen's paying you a lot of money. You know what I mean? And he wants to pay you a lot of money next offseason. And like Simple Lindor, they're paying you for 12 more years. What's like, Lindor about? 225? Yeah, something like that. Like three, Please whatever. The Mets, are gonna blow, the Mets are going to blow up that entire operation next year. Uh, Luis Rojas is probably gone as manager. Zach Scott's going to be gone as GM. He actually just got arrested for DUI a couple of days ago. So, like, it's control over that. Freaking Mets. And they, of course, they already lost their first GM. His name's escaped me right now for what he did to those uh, reporters. What was his name? I, I don't know. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? Yep. Where he did stuff that we exactly. don't say. Exactly. And how about the Wilpons? They're clowns the last 20 years. You know, like. Oh, yeah. Am I going to sell the team? Am I not going to sell the team? Exactly. Clowns. Absolute clowns. And I, Steve Cohen has a clue. And he has money. So the Mets will always be relevant for that reason. But that's my rant on the Mets. It's All true. right, Peter, let's give a little standings update, just a little update on the realm of things. Let's start off with the Red Sox here. COVID, uh, I would call it COVID chaos. It's true. I, I'm surprised the MLB hasn't stepped in and made them forfeit a few games because it, it's real bad. They can't even fill out a, a AAA roster, even though. Yeah, where they have 11 guys in the COVID uh, 
COVID protocol right Something now. Something like that. Like Bogart just got added. Seven players. Gyro just got out. Yeah. Like Perez is out. Kike's out. Arroyo's out. Like everybody. Yep. And that's, that's awful. And the Red Sox are currently sliding in the AL East. Are getting their ass kicked by the Tampa Bay Rays all week long, you know? Yep. Uh, and you look at this Red Sox team, they need to play their best baseball now if they want any shot of contending for this wild card because the A's are breathing down their neck. They're a game out. The Mariners are four games out. And when you when you have, lose your best player in Bogarts with COVID, you lose a couple of relievers. You lose a couple of infield depth, outfield depth, a couple of coaches. Look, the Yankees, they had their COVID chaos about a month or two ago, and they took it in stride, and they become a better team after it. What are the Red Sox going to do? I know Heim Bloom had a press conference yesterday and he was just like, look, like the MLB already said, like, we're playing through it. So buckle up. I mean, it, at the end of the day, it is your fault. Like, you got to do Who, whose it. fault? Heim Bloom? Or, or the Reds. Yeah. Or the, or Red, the Sox, Red Sox. I, I mean, I don't know how many of those guys are vaccinated or not, but if they weren't, I guess uh, they deserve some, uh, I guess they're, they're open to criticism, I guess, you know? To each its own on that particular um, in that particular topic, but Bogus is going to be out ten games, right? Yeah, honestly, I'm done with the Red Sox. It's done. It's done. Do they make the wild card? I hope not. Do Do you think they do though? Yeah, they'll face the Yankees, I think, because I think the A's and Mariners aren't good. I think the A's. I think they're again, worse than the Red Sox, which is not even humanly possible. And I'm I, gonna well, hate Seattle's, myself. Seattle could be a team that comes out. I wouldn't be surprised. They're four games out. They're playing good baseball. The A's, on the other hand, I thought they would be better. They were my. See, I thought Toronto was going to come back, but not, now they're sliding. Oh, they're sliding. And I'm going to hate myself because yeah. it's going to be Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole, and then Chris Sale is going to make them win, and then I'm going to be like, oh my god, they're going to make far in the playoffs and get destroyed by the Rays. So. Well, if they make it to the ALDS at this standpoint, I think that's a win. That's a yeah, that's win. true. If they get the if they, if Core turns the ship around and makes it to the ALDS W and I hate all the fans w. that are like oh if you were like in this spot like if you were asked before the season and you're in this spot what are they like seventy five and fifty nine you would take that all day but like three weeks ago they're in first place yeah like, but you got to talk about the circumstances yeah, I know. you know three, what I mean three weeks ago they're in first place exactly and a lot of people consider them contenders to win the American League and that's not even now it's are we going to make the playoffs. It's true. And when you're in a position like they are now, no, and it's not a good place to be at, I think. It all stems from the trade deadline, unfortunately. Yeah, a little bit. But, again, again, uh, we all dished on Bloom, but at the end of the day, that's up. Corey's got to get his guys going. The freaking trade deadline was a month ago. Get over it, you know? But, I mean, Kyle Schwarber is pretty good. Uh, yeah, he, he has no place to play, but ago. he's pretty good. Yes, exactly. And, uh, who knows? With again, still on about a month left of baseball to play. So, any other MLB topics you want to hit on? Are the Yankees for real? No, I don't think so because I think you they're said they were dead, too. Peter. You called them dead about two months. Yeah, ago. everybody called them dead. I know. I didn't. I didn't call them dead, Peter. I didn't call them dead. But yeah, they'll make the wild card for sure. So who comes out? I again, I don't want to like predict here, but like, who's who would you if the season ended today? Who's your favorite to come out of the AL? The White Sox, I think. I just think Tampa. I, I'm just going. No, I, I hate Tampa. And I, I do too, but I, I just I, do. I just, you just can't win that way. I Never think they're going. In. The, I think Tampa's going back to the World Series. And if that's what the Red Sox are going to be with High Bloom, just, no. Well, if they go to the World Series, I'll take it, Peter. Well, they'll never win, though. Well, the Dodgers, think... the Dodgers, and well, we'll get the Padres this year. I thought they were going to be a wagon. 
And they've uh, faltered to some expectations. Yeah, you got the Dodgers, Padres, and then... The Giants have played very well this year. I think there's other teams... Like, the Brewers are a sneaky team. Keep an eye on Milwaukee. Sneaky, Milwaukee's really sneaky good, Sneaky teams. But the, you, nobody really... Into, I picked the Cardinals to win that division. I think you did, too. Yep. Going away, and we were wrong, so... We'll see y'all... I tell you what, I know if we're here a week later and the Red Sox are continuing to slide, I think uh, it's officially time to close up shop. It's true. Listen, need six more wins, please. Six more. That's it. All right, Peter, you got anything else on uh, Major League Baseball? Hire Alex Cora. Oh, hell, hell no. Hell no, Peter. Don't pick up this option. We'll, we'll talk about that next up. week. Pick that up. Blame Cora. Cora is not – I'm not defending Cora from his actions the last couple of weeks, but I don't think it's all on core. I don't. It's not, but I got to do something. Tell you what, you bring, you get rid of Cora. I know. And then you get rid of Bogarts, you get rid of Devers, you get rid of Vasquez. You or get rid who of... do you think they're going to bring in? Oh, I don't know. Exactly. It's not and like, I'm talking to Nate about this. Like it's not a overwhelming, like go-to guy to pick from in the pool. Cora, if Cora gets fired, he'll be, the, he'll be hired tomorrow. For a yeah, team. Probably. The Mets. They'll get hired tomorrow with the Mets. All right, Peter. Anything else you got on any? So I think today's takeaways in terms of things that I'm happy about is Mac Jones. Oh, obviously. Mac Jones. And uh, for all you Cam Newton people, just remember the Cam Newton experiment was a failure. Simple as that. It didn't pan out for Cam Newton at the twilight of his career here. It didn't. Hope he plays well in Dallas or wherever he ends up going to be as a backup quarterback. Not here. Sorry. Womp womp. Stay hot. Jones of the moon.